Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining me for uh, this reflection I'd like to share with you of why to make a holy hour. Now, many of you know me as a kind of a, what I call a sheen enthusiast in that I've been sharing the writings and teachings of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen for over 10 years now on radio and television. And uh, with the rise of what I like to say virtual conferences, a uh, lot of uh, digital presentations, uh, different events, um, Eucharistic congresses, all of this now being um, you know, presented online, uh, I was asked to give a presentation of Sheen's writings about the Holy Hour. And uh, Archbishop Sheen gave 10 good reasons to make a holy hour, and I want to share them with you today. Uh, but may I start by a story that I was told years ago of why Archbishop Sheen had such a great devotion to the holy hour. For 62 years, Archbishop Sheen never missed a day where he made a holy hour. And it was, again, 62 years. Um, many of us try to be on fitness programs and diets, and we fall off the wagon, I think, a couple days in. But Archbishop Sheen uh, loved the Lord so much that he never missed, never missed that beautiful encounter with the Lord. And uh, I was told the reason why Archbishop Sheen uh, made a commitment to a daily holy hour was a story of a little Chinese girl many years ago. Uh, the communists uh, or the authorities um, uh, were persecuting the Christians, and uh, they broke into the church and arrested the priest. And while they were arresting the priest, one of the officers desecrated the tabernacle, actually smashed the tabernacle, and it was reported that 33 consecrated host fell to the ground. Now the priest was taken away to prison, and yet this little girl witnessed that tragedy. And every evening, this little girl snuck into the church, got down on her hands and knees, and uh, then reverently consumed one of the hosts on the floor. And she did this every night for 33 days straight risking her life every time. And uh, night after night, she consumed one of the sacred host with great awe and reverence. And on the very last day, when she consumed the last host, uh, something alerted the guards, and the guards caught her. And naturally, they seized her and killed her. And uh, it was this heroic witness of this uh, little girl that uh, inspired Archbishop Sheen to uh, commit his, um, I guess, his rule of life to one of, of making time for the Lord. If this little girl could sacrifice her life, what could I do? What little sacrifice could I make? And of course, he made that decision when he was a seminarian to make a holy hour each day. And he was faithful to that promise to the day he died. In fact, uh, when they found Archbishop Sheen in his apartment on the day he died, they found him in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, of course, uh, he had um, 
passed away uh, through uh, a heart condition. But uh, what a great testimony to die in the presence of our Lord, doing what he loved to do, and that was to spend time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And so I'm sharing with you today a few reflections from the book, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. It's uh, a collection of Sheen's writings on prayer. And these passages originally were presented in Sheen's uh, book entitled, The Priest is Not His Own. And uh, I think these um, meditations and these um, ten reasons to make a holy hour uh, will hopefully inspire you to take up this holy habit of prayer. Now, a holy hour for many of us is, um, I guess, a part of our life. Uh, but there's many of you who may be listening that uh, are kind of interested but haven't really um, committed, committed. And so uh, Archbishop Sheen will give us, again, lots of reasons to uh, hopefully make the holy hour uh, a holy habit in our daily prayer life. And so, why make a holy hour? And Archbishop Sheen, um, I guess, nails it. And he says, um, you know, the first and most important reason to make a holy hour is because it is time spent in the presence of our Lord himself. If faith is alive, no further reason is needed. And I know there was the the Pew survey that... Uh, said that 70% of respondents didn't believe that Jesus was present in the Eucharist, that it was just a symbol. And so to think of that large percentage of people don't believe that our Lord is truly present in the Eucharist. But to those who do believe, what reason, uh, <laughs> you know, better than he's here with us? And, you know, I think if um, the word got out that Jesus had revisited the earth and that he was traveling uh, through the streets again, healing and preaching, many of us would flock to see him. For we're all looking for miracles. We're all looking to hear his words of wisdom. And yet we don't realize sometimes that the Lord is still here. He's present in the many tabernacles all over the world. And so uh, we need to realize that and to uh, hopefully that helps motivate us to say Christ is in our cities. He's in our towns, our villages, and he's waiting for us to go and meet with him. So again, that first reason is because it is time spent in the presence of our Lord himself. You know, I think a lot of people might even ask the question like, why spend an hour in meditation. And Archbishop Sheen said, it's because we're living on the surface of our souls, the surface of our souls. And we know a little either of God or our inner self. Our knowledge is mostly about things, about things, but not about our eternal destiny. And so, this is what he has said for so many years. I want you to meditate on your eternal destiny. And um, again, we can do that when we spend 
an hour with the Lord each day. The second reason why many of us should make a holy hour is because in our busy lives, it takes considerable time to shake off the noonday devils, all the worldly cares which cling to our souls like dust. And I know many of us, when we go and we pray at church, or we may pray in an adoration chapel, um, sometimes our hour is like the experience of the road to Emmaus. We begin walking with our Lord, but our eyes are held fast so that we don't recognize him right away. Next, he converses with our soul as we read the scriptures. And then there's this third stage that is one of sweet intimacy, as when he sat down at table with them. There's a fourth stage that Archbishop Sheen talks about, and that is this full dawning of the mystery of the Eucharist. Our eyes are opened and we recognize him. Finally, we reach the point where we don't want to leave. The hours seem so short. And as we arise to leave from the church, we ask, were not our hearts burning within us when he spoke to us on the road and when he made the scriptures plain to us? And I think for many people that ask me, you know, what do you do when you pray your holy hour? I mentioned to them that I bring the scriptures with me. And uh, after I shake off the noonday devils and my very, all the worries that I carry uh, from running my business and my family, um, again, I try to settle down and open up the Word of God and let the scriptures speak to me. And uh, again, it is like this uh, passage from scripture about the road to Emmaus. Um, our Lord unpackaged the scriptures to uh, the men he was walking with. And uh, then, of course, when he broke bread with them, their eyes were opened. And so that, too, can happen to you uh, during your holy hour. And uh, let us uh, pray for our grace that we have more of those um, Emmaus experiences with the Lord. But, again, it takes time, and we have to be able to um, visit uh, our Lord and know um, it will not always happen instantaneously. It may take a while. And you may have holy hours where um, nothing really happens, but know that God is with you. And um, I like to say he rewards us. Um, time well spent with a good friend. The third reason that Archbishop Sheen gives us in why to make a holy hour is because our Lord asked for it. When we read our Bibles, we think of that uh, passage and we think of the Garden of Gethsemane. And um, our Lord said, had you no strength then to watch with me even for an hour? When our Lord addressed Peter, he referred to him as Simon. And it's our Simon nature which needs the hour. It is the hour that seems so hard. It is because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Archbishop Sheen talks about St. Peter, and um, he mentions to us that in Scripture, when our Lord refers to Peter as Simon, he's usually talking to him in a way that he wants him to turn away from his 
human side and become more divine. So when he uses the word or the name Simon, he's usually um, uh, terse or <laughs> he's uh, challenging Simon. Um, but when he calls him Peter, usually, again, it's the good stuff. So uh, again, we have a Simon nature. And uh, as that scripture is so true, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But uh, remember, our Lord asked for the hour. The fourth reason to make a holy hour, according to Archbishop Sheen, is he mentions that the holy hour keeps a balance between the spiritual and the practical. Now here, Archbishop Sheen explains kind of the Western philosophy versus the Eastern philosophy. Western philosophies tend to an activism in which God does nothing and man does everything, while the Eastern philosophies tend to a quietism in which God does everything and man does nothing. Kind of almost like a Saint Martha walking with Mary. And, uh, you know, we always think of that story of Martha and Mary and the, um, the tensions there of uh, the ones that were doing and the ones were just listening. Uh, but, you know, the holy hour unites the contemplative to the active life of the person. Uh, thanks to the hour with our Lord, our meditations and our resolutions pass from the conscious to the subconscious and then becomes motive of action. A new spirit begins to pervade our work. The change is affected by our Lord, who fills our hearts and works through our hands. You know, there's this saying that a person can only give what he possesses, and to give Christ to others, one must possess him. And uh, I really believe in my heart of hearts that Archbishop Sheen, uh, by his actions, by the way he conducted himself, he was truly possessed by Christ um, in a beautiful way. And he could share Christ because he knew Christ and uh, became Christ-like. And uh, again, this, this one line here, this is so true. A person can give only what he possesses. To give Christ to others, one must possess him. Let us pray for that grace to possess Christ. The fifth reason that Sheen gives uh, of these ten reasons I'm sharing with you today is because the holy hour, it will help us make us practice what we preach. <laughs> now, how often we hear that, you know, uh, practice what you preach. But it's true. There's, um, I want to say, there's written by our Lord, and it was in the uh, book of Acts, that he set out to do and to teach and the person, I believe, who practices the holy hour will find that when he teaches, the people will say of him as of the Lord, all were astonished at the, graces, the gracious words which came from his mouth. And I really believe that in the situation of Archbishop Sheen's preaching on the radio and television, he would share that he would visit our Lord, and spend a holy hour before he went to the set, before he went to the radio station, before he went to uh, the television station to give his presentations. 
uh, that he spent time with our Lord. So um, I think we would all agree that uh, we would um, repeat what Luke had said in his gospel. All were astonished at the gracious words which came from his mouth. I think we're still watching Archbishop Sheen today on television, on the internet, listening to his talks, and knowing that uh, he was truly sharing Christ because he knew Christ. Now, the sixth reason to uh, make a holy hour, according to Archbishop Sheen, is that the holy hour helps us to make reparation both for the sins of the world and for our own. Now, here's what I love. He mentions St. Margaret Mary Alicote, who is my patron saint. So he mentioned that when the Sacred Heart appeared to St. Margaret Mary, it was his heart and not his head that was crowned with thorns. It was love that was hurt. You know, all the black masses, the sacrileges, the uh, scandals, the, the militant atheism, uh, who will make up for them? Who? Who will be an Abraham for Sodom, a Mary for those who have no wine? The sins of the world are our sins, as if we had committed them. If they caused our Lord a bloody sweat, to the point that he upbraided his disciples for failing to stay with him an hour, shall we with Cain ask, is it for me to watch over my brothers? We need to make reparation. And the holy hour is a beautiful opportunity for us to make reparation. I had the privilege of uh, visiting the library of, in Rochester, New York, and it's where Sheen had left, donated his writings to um, the diocese. And I was uh, working on a manuscript, and I was able to uh, go through a great deal of handwritten notes um, composed by Archbishop Sheen. And he would always have the letters JMJ on the top of each and every one uh, of his pieces of paper. But when I was reading about the Holy Hour, he had mentioned the word reparation many, many times. And he preached uh, the importance of making reparation. So uh, this is one of these uh, reasons I think we all need to uh, amend our lives, to make reparation, to truly be sorry for our sins, and to do what we can to uh, please the Lord. But reparation is so important. It is so necessary. Now, the seventh reason that Sheen gives to make a holy hour is because it reduces our liability to temptation and weakness. Presenting ourselves before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament is like putting a tuberculosis patient in good air and sunlight. The virus of our sins cannot long exist in the face of the light of the world. I think of sometimes adoration being like a sun lamp. I you know, always just think of the warmth of our Lord and how um, I sometimes think I'm in the waiting room at the doctor's office and the mighty physician comes to minister to me. And, and some of you may have a similar experience. I think of uh, Psalm 15, which says, 
Always I can keep the Lord within my sight. Always he is at my right hand to make me stand firm. And the Lord is always there. You know, our, our sinful impulses are prevented from arising through the barrier erected each day by the holy hour. Our will becomes disposed to goodness with little conscious effort on our part. Satan, who is the roaring lion, was not permitted to put forth his hand to touch righteous Job until he received permission. Certainly then will the Lord withhold serious fall from him who watches. With full confidence in his Eucharistic Lord, the person will have a spiritual resiliency. He will bounce back quickly after a falling. Fall I, it is, but to rise again. Sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. The Lord's displeasure I must bear. I that have sinned against him, till at last he admits my plea and grants redress. And those were the words of the prophet Micah. Archbishop Sheen tells us that the Lord will be favorable even to the weakest of us if he finds us at his feet in adoration, disposing ourselves to receive divine favors. He brings to our attention uh, the story of Paul found in the book of Acts. And he says, No sooner had Saul of Tarsus, the persecutor, humbled himself before his maker than God sent a special messenger to his relief, telling him that even now he is at his prayers. And uh, again, know that every person who has fallen can expect reassurance if he continues to watch and pray. And we think of the great conversion of Saul, who became Paul. And uh, again, um, he learned very quickly the value of prayer. The eighth reason of um, the ten to make a holy hour, and Sheen stresses here, is that because the holy hour is a personal prayer, Really, you know, when you ask someone what their devotions are, they'll say, oh, I pray the Holy Rosary, I attend daily Mass, I pray the Stations of the Cross. But you'll hear very often a response to say, oh, and I pray the Holy Hour. Because the Holy Hour is a personal prayer. Now, Sheen gives a great example. He talks about, um, you know, the Union Man who downs his tools the moment the whistle blows. I think of the Flintstones. And uh, it was a cartoon I loved watching as a child. Uh, Fred Flintstone, Barney Rubble. And as soon as the whistle blew, he just dropped his tools and uh, head to the car and head home. Now, Sheen warns us not to be like the Union Man who just... Um, you know, uh, does that. <laughs> and uh, Love begins when duty finishes. Uh, it's kind of like giving up our cloak when the coat is taken or walking that extra mile. Uh, we think of those passages in Scripture. So, uh, again, it's a personal prayer that uh, I think we need to take to heart. And, uh, of course, um, we don't have to make a holy hour. There's no real rule saying that you have to make a holy hour. And, you know, that's just the point. Love is never compelled except in hell. 
And when I read that uh, years ago, I kind of had to scratch my head when he says, love is never compelled except in hell. Now, their, their love in hell has to submit to justice. To be forced to love would be a kind of hell. No man who loves a woman is obligated to give her an engagement ring. And no person who loves the sacred heart ever has to give an engagement hour. And uh, so Sheen, I think, in a way, is just kind of saying to us the scriptures that, uh, again, ring in many of our ears when he challenged Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And um, again, I think uh, if we answer the Lord honestly, uh, we know that we could do better. We could do better. And uh, what greater way to love someone is to spend time with them. You know that saying, how do you spell love? Not L-O-V-E, but T-I-M-E. And it's uh, spending time with the Lord. So, all right, uh, we're winding down here uh, for these 10 reasons, but we're on to reason number nine. And that reason is that meditation keeps us from seeking an external escape from our worries and miseries. You know, when difficulties arise, when nerves are made taut and false accusations are uh, sent our way, there is always a danger that we may look outwards, as the Israelites did for release. From the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, word was given to you, come back and keep still, and all shall be well with you. In quietness and in confidence lies your strength, but you would have none of it. To horse you cried, we must flee, and flee you shall. We must ride swiftly, you said, but swifter still ride your pursuers. And that's that famous passage from Isaiah. No outward escape, neither pleasure, drink, friends, or keeping busy is the answer. The soul cannot fly upon a horse. He must take wings to a place where his life is hidden away with Christ and God. Now, I know many of us are tempted to seek the pleasures of the world. Um, it's our form of escape. Uh, but for those who uh, are wanting to become saints, like Archbishop Sheen, and hopefully one day he will be declared a saint, um, you knew that he sought the Lord and uh, that his escape was to be in his presence. And I think many of us, if we were asked who is our best friend, it's hard for a lot of us to be honest to say that our best friend is Jesus because really so few of us can really say in our hearts of hearts that Jesus is our best friend. But in the case of Archbishop Sheen, who lived uh, what I call a life worthy of imitation, spent so much time with Jesus that it's just natural that he could look you straight in the eye and say, Jesus is my best friend. And he loved the Lord and he knew the Lord. And I pray that we would all have that same conviction one day. Archbishop Sheen said so many times, I don't want my life to be my own. I want it to be Christ, 
I want Christ to reign in my life. And so we will continue to seek the external escapes of friendships and pleasures, but are we seeking the higher love? Are we seeking the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament? Are we seeking a relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the saints, the higher loves? We always seem to gravitate to the lower, lower loves, it seems. But we know that when we seek the higher loves, we can attain heaven. Archbishop Sheen, I love when he told me many years ago, and it was through uh, one of the radio addresses he gave, he mentioned that heaven is built on a hill, and the only way to get to heaven is to climb the hill. You need to climb. There has to be an effort. And um, again, uh, we will have choices to make every day, but uh, choosing the holy hour will be a good choice for many of us. And now I come to the tenth and final reason to make a holy hour according to Archbishop Sheen's wisdom, and that is because the holy hour is necessary for the church. No one can read the Old Testament without becoming conscious of the presence of God in history. How often did God use other nations to punish Israel for her sins? He made Assyria the rod that executes my vengeance. The history of the world since the Incarnation is the way of the cross. The rise of nations and their fall remain related to the kingdom of God. We cannot understand the mystery of God's government, for it is the sealed book of the Apocalypse. John wept when he saw it. He could not understand why this moment of prosperity and that hour of adversity. The sole requirement is the venture of faith, and the reward is the depths of intimacy for those who cultivate his friendship. To abide with Christ is spiritual fellowship, and he insisted on the solemn and sacred night of the Last Supper, the moment he chose to give us the Eucharist. I think of this beautiful passage from St. John's Gospel, where our Lord said, You have only to live on in me, and I will live on in you. He also wrote, He wants us in his dwelling, that you too may be where I am. I think of the passage in Scripture that says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. And he could be found in the tabernacles of the many Catholic churches in our cities and our lands. And we can. Uh, hopefully by the grace of God, develop the holy habit of prayer of spending time with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and praying a holy hour. These are ten good reasons that Archbishop Sheen gives us. And again, a holy hour for many uh, may be something that is still foreign. But Sheen, in his wisdom, just says it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. It's you talking to God and then 
listening to God. And, you know, I think of the passage of Scripture, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And it's beautiful when we can get that right to just listen. So many times we reverse the tables and we say to God, Now you listen, (laughs) I'm speaking. But really, the Scripture of Speak, Lord, your servant is listening is something that uh, we need to take to heart. And uh, again, the Holy Hour is that, I like to say, a two-way street. It is a back and forth where we speak to God and then we listen to Him. And um, again, I think it's one of these things, it's this conversation that's needed. And uh, this is what uh, the saints and uh, many holy men and women of God uh, will testify to. It's that conversation, getting to know God. And as I said earlier, you cannot give what you don't have, what you don't possess. And so we need to start to possess Christ so we can share Christ. And no better way to get to know Christ and to love him more than spending an hour with him um, and practicing uh, this holy habit of the holy hour. And so I don't know if I've made my point, but I think Archbishop Sheen has. And so, uh, again, I leave that with you. Uh, Again, all of these uh, uh, commentaries and reflections I found in the book, Lord, Teach Us to Pray, by uh, Sophia Institute Press, uh, a great publisher, and uh, their uh, selection of Sheen's writings um, are numerous, uh, along with many other great books. And so you can find them on the web at sophiainstitute.com. And again, Archbishop Sheen is a trusted name. Uh, Everyone should have a few of his writings in their own personal library. And so, again, uh, lots to learn uh, from him regarding the Holy Hour. So uh, thank you for joining me. I am your host, Al Smith. And until next time, may the Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.